With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in, everyone, to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast presented by Reality Sports Online. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host, and I am joined today by my good friend Marvin Eloquin of the Fantasy Footballers and Dynasty Nerds. He can be found on Twitter at FF underscore Marvin E. Marvin, welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. We've had you on the normal, the main podcast. Now we're talking some Dynasty here. We've got you on. Really looking forward to this one. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks so much for having me, and I can't imagine... A better topic than than dynasty football, one of my favorite formats of fantasy football. So appreciate you having me on having me on, man. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we've got a really fun topic that we're gonna be talking about here today as we look at startup drafts, right? Because that's kind of the season that we're in as people move into the preseason and closer to the preseason and stuff like that. Rookie drafts are pretty much wrapped up. So we're gonna be moving into startups and we wanted to really focus in on helping people that you know, have like a, a pretty solid base of knowledge for fantasy football players and everything like that for players for fantasy football, excuse me. But then once we get past like round 16, man, it can get really, really tricky to find out or figure out who you're even selecting. So we're going to lean into our experience here. We're going to look into some ADP, dive deep into some players and pointing out some players that we like later on in startup drafts. So we're going to get into that in just a second. Before we do, though, I want to remind everyone that we've got a giveaway going on courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. That is a Jonathan Taylor signed Colts jersey. To enter this giveaway, all you have to do is go over to Apple Podcasts or CastBox, leave a review for this show, then head over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. Fill out the short form there and then attach a screenshot of your review and you are automatically entered. Again, that is a Jonathan Taylor signed Colts jersey courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. Make sure that you just take three seconds out of your day, guys, 30 seconds out of your day. It's not going to be a ton. It helps out the show in a huge, huge way. If you are a listener of the podcast, we greatly appreciate you taking some time out to do that it would help us out in a big way. 
All right, Marvin, let's get into this here. What we're the format of what we're going to do here is we are just going to walk through Sleeper recently released some ADP, some dynasty ADP, right? And so looking at average draft position here for dynasty leagues, courtesy of Sleeper, the fantasy football platform. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at each round based on their ADP. And we're each going to highlight a player here that we think that you, we're going to call it a, a startup draft steal. These guys that we really like in this range based on each round. So let's start here at round 17. Okay. We're down past, you know, round 16. We're at round 17 now. Let's throw it to you here. Who is a player in this round, in this realm of ADP that you really, really like when you're on the clock in your startup drafts? Yeah, so one of my favorite guys to draft and even acquire in trades even is at this point, Russell Gage. And admittedly, his his ADP may have jumped already at this point. Um, but in round 17, I absolutely think he's a steal um, considering where he's at in an offense that's you know top 10 in pace of play, top 10 in passing rate. And we know that their defense hasn't really improved this offseason, so they're going to have to pass the ball. Going to play a lot of catch-up, I would assume, here. And, of course, Kyle Pitts is there, and he's going to take on a lot of those targets that Julio Jones left behind. But Russell Gage, he has a great baseline of 110 targets even last year. I believe that could jump even just slightly. And we've seen him without Julio Jones average around 12 PPR points. It's nothing to write home about, but it is a great baseline. Someone who you can plug in even just uh, for for one of those bye weeks when you need to uh, fill in a flex spot. I think he can give you at least a baseline and, and give you some solid production out of the flex. I mean, that's incredibly important because these guys that in this range, right, and the guy, it's going to get worse as we go on through this, right. through this ADP where we're saying, I just want guys that can contribute, right? Because rounds one through 16, those are the players that are kind of locked into starting roles, players that we know what they're going to be. And then there's Russell Gage here sitting in round 17. And it's like, okay, I might not have the ridiculously high ceiling that some of these other guys, but I know what I'm going to get. I know that I'm going to get that solid baseline that you mentioned that I can plug him in as a solid bi-week option or a flex in full PPR formats. The ball has to go somewhere here in Atlanta now, mm -hmm. especially with Julio Jones out of town, Kyle Pitts, an unproven rookie for everything that we believe that he can be. The, the ball still got to go somewhere. And Matt mm -hmm. Ryan and Russell Gage have that chemistry there. So absolutely love the call there. I'm going to point out someone who definitely does not have that safe floor right, of a Russell <laughs> Gage, a solid baseline. But I am going to say someone who I do think has the talent to make an impact down the road. And that is Brian Edwards, the Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver. Now, Edwards coming out last year, third round pick. I really, really liked him. I think that he fell a little bit because of his injury concerns. And we saw that pop up last year. We saw him deal with injuries that prevented him from being able to make an impact on the football field. But look at what Las Vegas did this offseason. They did not invest anywhere else on this offense as far as a receiving option. Yeah, Kenyon Drake out of the backfield, but it's still, it's Henry Ruggs, it's Brian Edwards, it's John Brown, right? And John Brown mm -hmm. has a very specific role. And Hunter Renfro, you know, so there needs to be this possession style receiver who can make some jaw dropping catches, which we know that Brian Edwards can do. He needs, he's going to have a role in this offense. So in round 17, I think that there is still a very low floor with Brian Edwards because of the injury concerns, but I'm willing to take that shot there with Edwards because of what his upside is. All right, let's go on to round 18 here. There are some really, really interesting players in this range. Who are you going to throw out here as that player that you're eyeing in this round? Yeah, so for me, the guy that caught my eye here is, is Chaterius Tutu Atwell, who by far is one of the best first names in this draft class. <laughs> um, but when you look when you look at what he did in college, I mean, I know the knock on him is his size. And he was one of the toughest guys to, for me to rank pre-draft because 
of the size concerns and what you see on the field. But then he was so productive in Louisville. I mean, look at what he did as a sophomore, just account for 42% of the receiving yards market share, super productive, well over 1,200 receiving yards, and scored a lot of touchdowns too. Did the same thing in his senior year, of course, or his, his last year, junior year, though wasn't quite the, the season that we would hope for, uh, but still very productive uh, relative to the team. And, you know, I told myself with, with him specifically that I would just let the draft capital kind of dictate the rankings for me, where if his production profile outweighs the size concerns, the NFL will draft him accordingly. And sure enough, he got the draft capital with a second round uh, draft capital here with the Rams, and they drafted him with their first pick in this draft class. So it, it's significant draft capital for me. And, and so I'm going to trust the coaching staff here that they have a plan for him. And in the 18th round, grabbing a wide receiver with uh, drafted in the second round with that production profile, uh, that's someone who I just want to grab. And, and sure, there's some risk because it is a crowded wide receiver core there, but you never really know, right? And so uh, someone who's drafted that early, he could have the opportunity. And I believe he could have some productive games even this year. It's really important to remember this, that we're in the 18th round of a dynasty startup, right? right. So if we are talking about Tutu Atwell in the 12th round, 11th round, like that's where I'm going to be really, really, uh, I'm going to be very hesitant and I'm going to give you some pushback on that. But mm-hmm. when we're in the 18th round, yeah, he does have all this lining up for him to say, like he's got the draft capital. Obviously, Sean McVay has a clear role for him in mind. My only question to you would be, do you think that he can in this receiving core with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson now in town, do you think that he can have this impact? Like, is he going to see enough targets here to even be fantasy relevant? Or do you think that, you know, there is a path for him to carve out a significant role in this offense? You know, it's it, it's tough to do so immediately. I, I do agree because you, you do have, I mean, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are, are the one and two here. I don't think there's any question there. But I do think that wide receiver three role, now they did draft Van Jefferson last year, so with similar draft capital. So it's, it was really questionable for me why they dipped at the wide receiver position right. again and grabbed a second one. But, you know, does that mean they saw what they had in Van Jefferson, didn't like it, and so they went with 2-2 out? Well, I do wonder what their plan is there. It's a little questionable, but, you know, I, I got to trust at least the, the fact that, you know, what he did in college plus the draft capital kind of translates into something here. And like you said, in the 18th round, I'm willing to take the risk. Um, but, you know, I'm not too excited. I definitely wouldn't advise putting him in your wide receiver two slot anytime soon. Right, um, right. But uh, you never know even after this year how things shake out. So um, 18th round, I, you know, I'm willing to take the risk there. Yeah, I mean, we're throwing darts, right, at this point of the draft. And it's only <laughs> going to get worse as we go on, right? But I think with the 18th round, someone who I... Uh, would even be willing to throw this dart, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in the 14th round, 13th round. And that is Savon Ahmed, the running back for the Miami Dolphins. Now, I do think I'm going to be on, I'm going to go on the record here and say that I do think that Miles Gaskin is going to be the starting running back here in Miami for an offense that I think is going to take a major step forward this year. However, do we have that like guaranteed and locked up that it's going to be Miles Gaskin? Because the difference in ADP here of average draft position from Gaskin to Savon Ahmed In the 18th round, Mm -hmm. that is just ridiculous for me. So if there is the path here that Ahmed becomes the starting running back, because when Gaskin came back last year, it was because Ahmed took over that workload. It was because Ahmed was dealing with an injury. So we never really got the full clarity that who is the main running back, who's going to be the lead ball carrier here in this backfield when both of these guys are healthy. Again, I do think that it is going to be Gaskin, but the the percentage chance of that happening 
dictates that I am willing to take this shot on Sabah and Ahmed here in the 18th round because what happens if he does end up being the starting running back? I loved Ahmed coming out of Washington last year. Mm-hmm. So I've already I've already got the you know the the love for him here of the of the talent and I'm willing to buy into that. And now you're telling me that I can get that with the potential that he is the starting running back in the 18th round. That is totally enough for me to buy in here and say I'm going to take Savon Ahmed in this round. Every single time. I might even be willing to reach a round or two for him. Let's move on to the 19th round here. Marvin, who do you got? So I have Jacoby Myers in round 19. Um, Someone who I love um, drafting in the later rounds of startups or or even just even, you know, branching outside of that in best ball or redraft leagues. I think his ADP is so low there, but his upside and what he could be in this offense is is pretty intriguing. Uh, you know, just looking at what he did last year, had a slow start to the season. They didn't really give him the opportunity right away. But from week seven onward was the wide receiver for an target share, wide receiver for an air yard share. And with that opportunity, he was super efficient as well, wide receiver eight and yards per route run. So, I mean, they gave him the opportunity. They tried to give it to Nikhil Harry. That didn't really work out. And Jacoby Myers was just productive fr- from then on. Um, and, and, you know, you love to see that from a young wide receiver, just receiving that opportunity and then running with it. And and so obviously this is a different team now with with Hunter Henry, John U. Smith, your guy, right? And, and <laughs> Nelson Aguilar. Uh, but they need another wide receiver out there. Even if they run, you know, a bunch of 12 personnel, they'll need another wide receiver out there. And I do believe opposite of Nelson Aguilar, it could be Jacoby Myers. And and he's someone who, when even in his rookie year, uh, when given the opportunity, was was very productive and, and had some solid games there. Um, now, you know, obviously it'll be interesting to see which quarterback starts here. But um, I do think that, uh, you know, in the 19th round, someone who was productive last year, even with Cam Newton, I think he's worth a shot here in, in the 19th round. Again, it's the same argument with Russell Gage. It's that solid baseline. Like we know what Myers can bring us as a solid floor. Now, I don't think that he has the, you know, the upside, the potential of some of these other guys in this range. But you do know that he's a little bit of a safer bet because we've seen him do it before. And we know that he is going to have a role on this offense. Now, just a matter of what that role specifically looks like with, you know, is he playing in the slot? Okay, well, if they're running primarily 12 personnel, that limits his overall opportunities. There's a lot of things there to be sorted out. And that's why he's Mm -hmm. going in the 19th round of startup drafts right. like the call there because I have had Myers on plenty of my dynasty teams been able to plug him in in bye weeks love the call there I'm going to go with OJ Howard here in the 19th round and this is not necessarily because I think that for what he brings you in 2021 right because this is mm-hmm. an extremely crowded offense Antonio mm-hmm. Brown Mike Evans Chris Godwin Rob Gronkowski I mean you got Leonard Fournette Ronald Jones Giovanni Bernard out of the backfield like the list just goes on and on But Howard and his talent, athleticism, what he brings to the table, there's a potential that his once his contract is done here in 2021, that he moves on and hits free agency next year. And Mm -hmm. he gets a starting role somewhere else where we can see him start to take on an expanded role. So I know that dynasty managers and fantasy football players have been waiting for OJ Howard for however many years now, but the talent and athleticism still is there enough for me to take that shot in the 19th round. If I am needing that tight end two, tight end three on my roster that I'm just drafting them and seeing what happens, I'm going to be patient with OJ Howard here. I know I'm probably not going to get a ton in year in this upcoming year, but I do know that he is going to get another opportunity next year if he doesn't re-sign in Tampa Bay. So thinking a little bit towards the future here with OJ Howard, let's keep this moving. Let's go to round 20. Who are you going to throw out? So I have here another guy that 
should have a lot of opportunity ahead of him. And at this point, we're just trying to find guys with opportunity, at least for me, trying to find guys with with upside here. And and that's Traquan Smith um, with with the Saints and with Emmanuel Sanders and Jerry Cook leaving. I definitely think there's plenty of opportunity opportunity here behind Michael Thomas. And I know there was there was some buzz about them being interested in in a couple of receivers in the draft. Um, Terrace Marshall, I believe, was one of them, and so that would have been a great landing spot for a rookie. But the fact is, they didn't draft one. So Traquan Smith is by default, at least for me and my projections, is the wide receiver two here. And mm-hmm. what intrigues me with him is that he was in the slot last season about fifty point seven percent of the time. Jared Cook and, and Sanders, they were both in the slot around twenty five to twenty seven percent of the time as well. So there's all that opportunity now in the slot available we've seen Jameis assuming he gets the starting job here have a great connection with his slot receivers I believe there's some opportunity here for him to be productive again not anything that will win you weeks necessarily he might have that potential we're not sure yet but I'm not banking on it but I do think he can at least be a flex receiver someone you can plug in in bye weeks and and it's plenty of opportunity there with with Jameis Winston who loves to throw the ball so I'm I'm taking a chance on him as someone who's only 24 years old and could have some upside going forward. I So you sent over your list of players before I had a chance to sit down. And so mm-hmm. I sat down, looked at <laughs> round 20, and we've got guys in this range of Kyle Trask, uh, Jamar Jefferson. We got a couple of kickers. <laughs> we got freaking Tim Tebow ahead of uh, Traquan Smith here. Like, what are we doing, people? <laughs> and so I have got Traquan Smith as well on my list mm-hmm. because, one, I really do like Traquan Smith as a dynasty startup steal here later on. But then also because in this round, there is really no one else that I'm willing to look at. So trick one Smith, again, it's the argument like the, the ball. Someone else has to step up in this offense outside of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Can mm-hmm. it be Adam Troutman? Yeah, I think so. I think I, I really like Adam Troutman heading into this year. But also trick one Smith, we've seen the flashes. That's just been an argument of. Drew Brees getting the ball his way and, you know, looking outside of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. So if it is Jameis Winston, we've seen him do magical things for fantasy football receivers in the past. Mm -hmm. This is a swing for the fences pick. It's costing you nothing. And I think that the payoff could be really, really big here with Traquan Smith. So I'm doubling down here in round 20 with you. I'm going Traquan Smith as well. Before we keep moving with today's episode, I want to take a second to tell you all about Reality Sports Online. By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. Have you tried it, though? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. Everything from free agency to multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tag, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more can be found at Reality Sports Online. Do you think it sounds complicated, though? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, it's time to put it to the test with Reality Sports Online. You're still not sure, though? You can test out your general manager's skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Let's go to round 21. Marvin, who is up here for you in round 21? All right, so it's getting a little gross here, right? We're, we're starting to get <laughs> yep. to the rounds where we're just not super enthusiastic about many of these guys. But, you know, in round 21, the guy that stood out who could be a starter immediately for your teams is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, 
there's a couple guys going later that would have probably taken I would probably take ahead of Ryan Fitzpatrick but what I like about him is that you know he will be productive this season and so if you decide to you know go young a quarterback early on you go for a Zach Wilson who might start the season slow a Trey Lance who might not be the immediate starter though he probably should be but they might opt to to, to wait things out with him Fitzpatrick's a great uh, bridge quarterback for your dynasty teams and yeah. last season you know he, he had his ebbs and flows because of coming in and out of the lineup but he was a QB one five out of the seven games he was a starter last year averaged 22.4 fantasy points uh, super efficient QB four and catchable pass rate so he's an accurate quarterback he just needs the opportunity and now he's in Washington I mean he's got a plethora of weapons there with McLaurin Gibson Samuel Logan Thomas I mean plenty of guys to produce there and he's the perfect quarterback in my opinion for that team and I think they'll have a pretty good run this year maybe even make the playoffs so I think they're gonna you know push for that and and he'll be productive and in some competitive games so I'm I'm excited to see what he can do and I definitely think he could be um, not a long-term option but at least an option at least for this season maybe even next year this is the perfect example of knowing your team and knowing how to construct your roster because like you said with those perfect examples of Zach Wilson Trey Lance even Justin Fields, if you end up taking them here in the in, and this is a one QB format, right? So Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going in the 21st round in a super flex league. But, you know, if if you do take one of those guys as your QB two in a dynasty league, well, you know that you're probably going to need someone else there to bring some stability. And that's what Fitzpatrick is going to bring to your roster this year. People are thinking about dynasty, especially if it's their first time playing. And they're like, well, I don't want Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's not going to be on my roster. He might retire next year. That doesn't matter. Like you're getting him here in the 21st round. This is a player who next year you can just let go to your waiver wire in in preparation of your incoming rookie picks. So being able to get Ryan Fitzpatrick here as that QB, you know, that stable QB option for you makes a ton of sense, especially when you did go a rookie quarterback early on who you have high hopes for, but you know that you're going to need to bridge that gap there. Fitzpatrick is the perfect example. For me here in round 21, it's Larry Roundtree, the running back uh, out of Missouri who is now with the Los Angeles Chargers. And Larry Roundtree, you know, sixth round pick, does not have the draft capital to his name. I really liked his tape coming out. Ray and I talked about him here on the podcast when we were doing our, our running back, you know, scouting series and everything like that. I really liked his tape. And then he goes in the sixth round and it's like, oh man, all right, well, that's kind of a death sentence. But then you look at the situation here in LA, you know that it's going to be Austin Eckler there as that like space running back, you know, obviously a threat out of the backfield as a receiver. But then it's Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, who showed us next to nothing last year. And then it's Larry Roundtree on this depth chart. There is a significant path here, just like Savon Ahmed for Roundtree to step up into a starting role, right? That 1A, 1B pairing there with Austin Eckler. So here in the 21st round, I'm willing to take that shot on Larry Roundtree to see what happens. There's a very good possibility that he gets cut because he's a sixth round draft pick. Listen, it's a very, very strong possibility, but there's also the chance here, and I'm going to swing for the fences, that he gets a starting role. So take the shot there with Larry Roundtree in round 21. All right, let's keep moving here. Round 22, Marvin, who do you got? So I have DJ Dallas here, round 22. Um, someone who, you know, is buried under uh, just a couple of running backs there. I mean, he's got Chris Carson or Rashad Penny ahead of him. And you do have Travis Homer probably in the mix as well there. Uh, but injuries have been issued in the past for uh, for both these running backs. And I think we just even got some news today that Rashad Penny had surgery on his foot again, if, yep. I, if I read uh, that correctly. His knee. So, on his knee. Yep. His knee. Okay, well just as bad so that's that's not <laughs> right, ideal right. whatsoever and so 
w- knowing that, and Chris Carson hasn't been the healthiest, though he's been productive when he's on the field. Um, DJ Dallas could step into, you know, uh, just a, a 15 opportunity role once again. And we saw glimpses of that last year where he wasn't the most efficient guy, but he still finished as the RB3 uh, in weeks eight and week nine, he was RB20 as well. So he he has the size, build and skill set to be a three down running back, in my opinion, wasn't the most efficient guy last year. But at this point in the draft, I'm looking for guys who could have the opportunity. And, and in this offense, um, one where they're you know, they you look forward even, and Rashad Penny is is not under contract next year after they declined his fifth-year option. Carson signed a two-year contract, but his second year actually has a minimal cap hit, so not sure what they're going to do there. Um, you know, Dallas could have some opportunity here, and so um, in a backfield that hasn't been the healthiest, I think he could uh, find himself in a situation this even this year where he, he might be thrust into a... Um, a workhorse role or, or, you know, like a 15 touch role at yeah. least. So that could be worth something in fantasy. Yeah. And I mean, this is the point where we're looking for opportunity. And so I'm <laughs> going to say Amir Smith Marset here, the wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings coming out of Iowa. He's a rookie wide receiver. So people who, you know, the casual dynasty player probably doesn't even know the name, but Amir Smith Marset here is someone who popped for me on film. Someone who I really liked his film really weird situation in Iowa wasn't really able to utilize his full skill set. And now there's positive news coming out of Vikings camp that he can push for this wide receiver three job here in Minnesota. So while again, it goes back to the new England conversation and Jacoby Myers, like the amount that he's going to get onto the field here in Minnesota, which runs a ton of 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends on the field is going to be probably very slim, especially with Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson ahead of him on the depth chart. But with the future here with Adam Thielen, we don't know how long, how much longer he's going to be, you know, able to play. He's got the injury history. He's starting to near the end of his career. He's still incredibly productive, especially around the red zone. But the future here for Smith Marset, he can bring that wide receiver three, you know, capability, uh, like the Minnesota Vikings wide receiver three, not not a fantasy football wide receiver three. <laughs> he can bring that to the t- to the table this year, and then potentially next year he can build on his experience and step into a starting role opposite of Justin Jefferson if Adam Thielen is no longer with the Minnesota Vikings. So again, it's a little bit of a dart throw, a potential here, like down the road, future pick, but it could pay off here because I like his talent and he's got the opportunity down the road. So Amir Smith-Marset, the wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Let's keep it moving. We got round 23 here. Who is on your mind here as someone that, you know, you're looking at the names here of like Donovan Peoples-Jones, Kendrick Bourne, Jalen Darden, I mean, Trey McKitty. <laughs> Who is someone in this range that you were looking at saying like, I want to add them to my roster? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to f- switch to the tight end position here. I'm going to go with Hunter Long, uh, Miami Dolphins tight end. Uh, who I actually like quite a bit in my pre-draft process. Great actually is my tight end three above Brevin Jordan. Um, They were pretty close, both of those guys. But what I like about him is his skill set as a receiver. Um, Solid route runner, natural receiver. There's someone who can run up the seam and threaten the defense in a variety of ways. And was relatively productive in college as well. You know, account for 27% of his team's receiving yards in 2019. Had a 22% dominant rating in his redshirt junior year, his final year there. Um, and about 60% of his receptions went for a first down, according to NFL.com. So he was productive, was a go-to receiver yeah. in his offense, and and received third-round draft capital that essentially entrenched him as my tight end three in this class. And so I know Mike Kosicki is still there, but he, does, he did not receive an extension yet. He He's not under contract, I believe, next year. So there is an opportunity here if they're looking for a receiving tight end 
that Hunter Long could be their guy going forward. He might not be the guy this year because Gesicki's going to dominate those snaps. And they run two tight end sets, but I believe it's Smythe who's going to take a lot of those, um, the, the second tight end role there. So he might not be a play for this year, but if you can grab him in the in round 23, stash him in your taxi squad, we know having a, a dominant tight end and, or a productive tight end can make a difference in your lineup. So for me, it's Hunter Long, someone who I believe could have some upside going forward. Yeah, we're now in the range of taxi squad players, these guys that you're just wanting to throw the darts on and see what happens. And especially at the tight end position, Mm -hmm. you know that you're going to have to be patient no matter Mm -hmm. what, you know, in this range, especially you're going to have to be patient. And so with Hunter Long, I do like the call here because he was someone that impressed me with his tape with the I mean, the numbers are ridiculous, like you laid out there. So he does have the potential here. Now it's just, okay. can he carve out a role for himself on this Mm -hmm. roster? I think you're going to have to be patient, but it could pay off down the road. For me, I'm going to go with Jalen Darden here, the wide receiver out of North Texas, now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For me, I loved Darden in the pre-draft process. I actually had him uh, graded out above Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. So I love Jalen Darden and what he brings to the table with his speed, athleticism, his elusiveness. He's just so much fun to watch on tape. Mm -hmm. And now he gets this, I think, third-round draft capital here with Tampa Bay. And this is not a, a really solid choice here for this year right as someone who I think is going to bring a lot to the table this specific season but Chris Godwin on the franchise tag might not be back in town next year Antonio Brown we don't know what's happening with him next year so I think with Jalen Darden here you're signing you're you're bringing him in onto your roster here in the 23rd round and you're just saying I'm going to see what happens you know I think he'll get some scheme touches here he's going to get some experience again he's coming out of North Texas that's a big jump to the NFL so get him some experience this year you're going to have to be patient but next year, I do think that he can carve out a significant role in this on this roster. So uh, I think that I'm going to be adding Jalen Darden everywhere that I can. And the 23rd round is fantastic value for him, in my opinion. Let's go. Let's go two more rounds here. Let's try to make it through uh, and just fly through these ones here. So rounds 24 and 25. Who do you got here in round 24? Yeah, this was a tough one. I'm not. It's really tough. Yeah, yeah. not <laughs> feeling too excited about any of these guys in round 24. But I, I I'd probably pick Wayne Gallman here. Um, someone who's uh, in a running back friendly, fancy friendly Shanahan offense, right? And and with Jeff Wilson's injury, he could have some opportunity here ahead of him. Um, was productive last year for the Giants. I mean, he was from week seven to 14, was essentially their lead running back, RB12 in opportunity share and RB12 in PPR per game in that time span. So he was he was productive. Now, they obviously force fed him touches and and um, and there's no guarantee that's going to happen here, right? In this offense in, in San Francisco, but... Right. You know, he took advantage of the opportunity. That's all you can really ask for from the guy. And and so, yes, Trey Sermon's there. He's got the better draft capital, obviously, and they just drafted him for a reason. And most are just still the the RB1. At least that's what I'm projecting here. But you never know. They use multiple running backs. And I, I think Wayne Gallman has shown enough that he could be productive if given his, you know, a few touches here. He's the same name that I wrote down because you're looking at, I mean, Puka Williams is going above him. Uh, I mean, Tyler Johnson's right behind him. James Washington, Giovanni Bernard, like these names in this range, man, it's pretty, pretty gross. So Mm -hmm. Wayne Gallman was the player that this is a like complete, I am standing so far back from the dartboard and I am just closing my eyes and I'm throwing it and seeing if I hit the bullseye here with Wayne Gallman. Yeah. For all the reasons that you mentioned, he did really impress me last year. He was someone that I really didn't want any piece of from a fantasy perspective previously. And then watching back through his film and watching what he did when he stepped in for Saquon Barkley, I mean, he impressed, he impressed Mm -hmm. me a lot. So now in San Francisco, there is the path here for him to be 
at least relevant. I don't know what that upside is, but again, in the 24th round, you're not finding another running back that you're going to feel super confident drafting and starting. So Wayne Gallman worth a shot here. I had the same name written down. Let's go last one here. Let's go lightning round, round 25. Who is the player that you're looking to? Let's just close this one out. Going with Harrison Bryant. Um, you know, someone who had had a, you know, some productive games last year, uh, was relatively productive um, at Florida Atlantic in his college career. And and um, in Cleveland, you know, they have David and Joke as a free agent in 2021. Um, Hooper's contract isn't the um, a lot anyways, either going forward. So there's, there's some opportunity here and he showed that he could be productive last season as well. So um, once again, a taxi squad guy, but someone who, um, you know, if you punted tight end, you could grab him and he could have some upside um, maybe this year or, or more likely next year. Yeah, I'm going for that tight end upside here as well. I'm going with Chris Herndon, and this is not because I am a Chris Herndon fan or believer <laughs> or anything like that. I really have never been on board uh, with Chris Herndon, but I mean, there's no one else here playing tight end for the Jets this year. Like, it's mm-hmm. got to be Chris Herndon in an offense that I do think is going to take a step forward. And rookie quarterbacks love to have that option over the middle of the field. So, Herndon, he's shown flashes, obviously. And do I think that this is going to be like, I might end up cutting Chris Herndon when the start of the season comes around and there's a more attractive waiver wire option in my dynasty league. But I mean, it's worth a shot here in the 25th round because of the upside and what he brings. If I wasn't going to mention Herndon, Bryant would be that next guy, that guy who I feel like can take that step forward, especially because of David Njoku out of town next year, you know, and there is another offense here that runs a ton of 12 personnel. So Mm -hmm. even if Austin Hooper is in town, Harrison Bryant can be that guy even this season. He can be that tight end too and beat out Njoku. So love the call there, man. That is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much to Reality Sports Online for sponsoring today's show. Marvin, thank you so much for jumping on, man. Greatly, greatly appreciate your insight and just being able to take some time looking through round 17 through 25 of a dynasty startup. That is no small feat. So I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to chat. Yeah, absolutely, man. Always a pleasure to to jump on a podcast and talk with you. So thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, uh, appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And a reminder, you can find him on Twitter at FF underscore Marvin E. Uh, Guys, this is the last episode with a guest. The next Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football podcast that you hear will be with the new co-host of the podcast. So super excited for you guys to get to meet the new co-host. That's all I'm saying. It's going to be a surprise. I'm really, really excited for where we're heading make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. Make sure that you head over, enter in that Fantasy Pros uh, Dynasty giveaway there, that contest for the Jonathan Taylor signed Colts jersey. Again, you can do that by heading over to Apple Podcasts or CastBox, leaving a review for the show, then heading over to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. Fill out the short form there and attach a screenshot of your review. That is going to do it for today's show. For Marvin Eloquent, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 